So as you're, if you're a younger player and you're, you're listening to this, you know, podcast, like work on your game, you know, you have to become really high end in terms of what do you bring to the table? That's going to help team win. And all that is really important, but that's only one piece. So then it's, what else are you doing? How do you treat people? What are you like in the locker room? Are you, you know, are you going to do the extra work before or after practice? Do you take care of everybody? Do you live the life the right way? So all of, if you check all of those boxes, more doors start opening, more doors start opening. And, you know, then, then it's real because the hockey world is small, you know, and, and people, you know, we ask questions and we're all connected in some ways. And so for younger players being, and be true to yourself, you know, you're allowed to have personality too. This should be fun, you know, like, so enjoy it, be it yourself, have fun, but, but really make sure that you're not just working on your, your stick handling, you're working on all the parts of your, your game and your life, because it will go a long way. That was Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, and you are listening to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Padolin. Welcome to Up My Hockey with Jason Padolin, where we deconstruct the NHL journey, discuss what it takes to make it, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm your host, Jason Padolin, a 31st overall draft pick who played 41 NHL games but thought he was destined for 1,000. Learn from my story and those of my guests. This is a hockey podcast about reaching your potential. Hey there, and welcome back to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Padolin. I am your host, Jason Padolin, and today we are in for a treat. And that is because it is not every day you get to talk to somebody who, who holds one of 32 jobs in the entire world. I'm talking about a general manager of an NHL team. So today we have on Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. Thankfully for me, I was a suitcase. And when you are a suitcase, that means you play with a lot of people. And when you play with a lot of people, some are bound to become head coaches. Some are bound to become all-stars. Some are bound to become general managers. And Kevin Adams is one of those teammates of mine that became not only an established NHLer, but he also became the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, and if you send somebody like Kevin, who is a good teammate of mine, and uh, enough emails, he will follow through and, uh, and give you the interview that you uh, requested. So thank you, Kevin, so much. And thank you to the Buffalo Sabres for making this happen. Um, it was a tight schedule as a GM uh, is, especially during training camp season when they uh, having an exhibition game. So Kevin was able to give us 30 minutes. And we cover a lot here in the 30 minutes. We cover his time in the minors. We cover his ascension to the NHL, how he was able to stay in the NHL. Great advice he received from Mike Murphy. Uh, we talk about what he learned as a player that's helping him now as a general manager, what he envisions for the Buffalo Sabres and how he's going about building that right now in the moment. And um, and yeah, lots of good stuff there. Buffalo Sabres fans are going to absolutely love this uh, inside look at uh, Kevin Adams. NHL fans are going to love this interview. And anyone who wants to be anybody when it comes to be a player, you want to play in a junior team, you want to play in a college team, you want to play in the NHL one day, you want to be a pro, there are so many gold nuggets here for you to pick up and to put into your backpack, add to your toolbox as a player so you can get noticed, you can make a difference, so you can build your brand as we talk about to become the best player you can be. So super excited to bring this to you. Um, might as well get right into it. Here is Kevin Adams, 
general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. doing boss i'm great how are you Pazzi? i'm doing great so welcome to the podcast this is kevin adams former teammate of mine in st john's and has obviously moved on to bigger and better things in st john's newfoundland uh no disparaging factor to st john's newfoundland because we both enjoyed it immensely um but that is not the gm of the sabers which is already are which where is where you are now so welcome to the podcast sir no, oh, thanks for having me and i know it's uh it's great to reconnect with you and you're right those were uh those were great couple of years there, and I'm sure you looked at it back back on like I do fondly, you know. Was, yeah, yeah, very memories. fondly, and we've actually touched on it a few times with different guests, and um, the good people of uh, you know of the Rock always always come up, and um, you know there are so many amazing issues uh, or not issues like reasons to play there uh, that we all enjoyed, and then there was also the isolation of playing there that as a hockey player sometimes wasn't the best for a career standpoint because there wasn't many people coming to watch, but. Uh, but other than that, as far as from a life uh, a life experience standpoint, it was pretty amazing there. And maybe, um, I know we're tight for time, and Kevin and I have been trying to set this up, and obviously Kev's got a lot on the go, and we got uh, 27 minutes here, so I want to make the most of the opportunity. But I think we should touch there, maybe there, because that's where our paths crossed. Um, one thing I couldn't find, as a first-rounder, Kevin, um, and from your uh, you know American background and, and playing D1 hockey there, how did you end up in Toronto? Because you were drafted by Boston. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's interesting how life turns and twists and, you know, you kind of go with things, but right, like you said, I, uh, in 1993, I was a first round pick of the Bruins and I was playing college hockey in Miami, Ohio. Um, it was after my freshman year that I was drafted and, you know, it was one of those things where, and I, and I look at sometimes, you know, with the younger players today and everybody's in a rush. Um, I wasn't in a rush. I knew I wasn't ready physically mentally to play in the national hockey league and i needed to get better i needed to get bigger and stronger i was a skinny skinny kid back then and so i ended up staying um all four years and playing there and graduating from miami which i was really proud of and i was very important to me as well so what ended up happening is got into a little bit of a contract uh battle with boston at the time and i went and played one year in the ihl in grand rapids coming out of college and it was an independent team and then kind of a long story short as it went to an arbitration and all this stuff happened and I ended up becoming a free agent um, and, and I signed the next day with the Leafs. So um, that's kind of how I ended in, up in Toronto. And then obviously, you know, spending time in St. John's and all those things along the way you learn and makes you better if you're open to getting better. That's the key. Gotcha. Yeah, no, what a great story because I mean, and now, I mean, in, in the position you're in, you're obviously trying to find talent when wherever that talent is, like you're looking for it. Um, and you've, you've lived that as a player and so did I, and I was from the other side, you mentioned like the runway, you mentioned like being, want to be there quick. You know, I was a second rounder, I think like three picks after you or something, I was 31st and, um, and yeah, I mean, I thought everyone was telling me like, you're going to be there like right away, you know? So like junior was like my option and that's where I went and kind of the signs were pointing that way. And then things can get bogged down and things can get mucky. Right. And you're not really sure what's going on. And. Um, and I think our stories is actually a really interesting place to start because this podcast is about getting what you want and it's about getting to where you want to go and, and being the player you want to become. And, and I think our year or the, the last year we played together when I got traded to LA, um, 
you were a year older than me. You were a second year pro at that point. And because you took that different path, I had already played, I think, two or three years in, in the minors. Um, and in some terms, was getting long in the tooth, you know, which is crazy, mm -hmm. right? Instead of being the shiny new penny. But um, I was leading the league in the eight. I was leading the league in goals that year and, uh, and ended up moving on. And you ended up getting your big chance like the, the next year and then never saw the minors again. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up, and obviously this is nothing against you, but I think it's really good for the players to know that me leading the league in goals and you having 50 points in 40 in 80 games that year, it's not all about the goals or it's not all about the points all the time. You know what I mean? A lot of times we think it is. So maybe unpack that for you now in your position and looking back then, like what made Kevin Adams get that opportunity the next year, the, the kind of the opportunity that maybe Jason Padone wasn't given. Um, and then you were able to stay like, how, how do you think that worked out in your favor? Yeah, well, it's, it's a great way of how you framed it a little bit and uh, something I, I talk to players about all the time now. And so I'll, I'll tell you a story first. Um, when I was at my first camp there with Toronto, I, I made the team actually out of training camp. And that was still back in the Maple Leaf Gardens. And yeah, it was amazing. You know, like here was my first chance to play in the NHL. And, you know, when I was I was in the opening night lineup and like a lot of young players, you know, I just wasn't able to be consistent enough to stick around. And I got sent down in November. Um, but before I got sent down, uh, Murph, the coach, um, the head coach at the time pulled me aside and he, you know, he pointed over across the rink and he said, see that guy. And it was Matt Sundin. And he said, yeah, you know, he's a right shot centerman, just like you. And he said, uh, do you think you're going to take his ice time on the power play? And I said, uh, no, probably not. And he said, you need to go down and when you learn how to be a 200 foot player and win faceoffs and kill penalties and block shots, he goes, you will have a long NHL career. It was unbelievable advice. And of course, getting to St. John's, um, you know, having the coaching that we did there. And it was just another message of saying, okay, I'm going to put you in these situations. I mean, you know, most of us as kids were offensive players, you know, and quite, quite honestly, though, I did. I think I did have a little bit of self-awareness to say like, okay, I was a decent player, but I didn't have the shot and release that you did. You're the reason you were leading the league in, in goals and could score from tight areas. I like, that wasn't me. So I had to carve out what was it, what was it going to take? So I really worked hard at that. And then, you know, felt like if I can continue to do the right things on the ice, continue to do the right things off the ice, put the work in, when I get this opportunity, I'm going to be ready for it. And I think that's another thing. It's it's more important for the younger players to not be in a rush and in a hurry, whether it's youth players moving up to junior or, you know, junior players moving to college or the uh, major junior. Um, or as you work into professional, it's more about when you do get your opportunity, are you ready to take advantage of it? Because, you know, it may just come that you may get one chance, you know, at the level and then you have to be able to take advantage of it. So fortunately for me, when I finally did get kind of that the break and I got to go in and play and play in the playoffs and, you know, do well in Toronto, but I was prepared because of the work and the coaching that I had had and the teaching. So it's a long answer, bud, but it's kind of, you know, kind of the way it unfolded for me. And I'm super thankful for the, for the coaching and the advice I got. No, I think that's amazing. That's great advice. And, and I think it's super relevant. I, and I appreciate the long answer uh, because I think, and I would assume that, that your personal experience would have to, um, be part of what it is you're doing now and even like the message you're saying and even understanding the trajectory of players right and, and how to and how to mobilize them to be the best assets they can be for your team because um 
without that ability to round out your game, right? You might not have been the NHL player that you were. You might have been focused on something else. And and uh, and again, no regrets by me, but I do think it's experience is like it's worth how much money is it worth, right? Like put, put, you can't you can't put a value on it. And and I think if I was in your shoes now and knowing kind of my own personal scenario too is what no one ever told me per se what they told you. Right? Like be be a more diverse player. Like go out and don't worry about your goals or your assists. Um, because that's usually the way to get into the door. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. I mean, like, usually, is, right. Like you yeah. need to do something else before you can fill that top five spot and be that, the, you know, the point, the, the slot guy in the power play, for instance, like right. you already said. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think that's one of the things, even like players now and the players that I work with now, like the guys that are high skill players and, 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 and it gets really skilled, right. Where, where, where they want to go. So you need to find a way to produce all the time. Right. You have to find a way to be relevant all the time and not just if you're on a top three unit. Um, and that's something the players don't always want to buy into. No, you're right. And it's it gets tougher and tougher, in, as you know, and you, as you climb the ladder. And it's so what are you doing to differentiate yourself from, you know, all the other great players around you? How are you making yourself valuable? And quite honestly, if you're working with younger players and I, I have these conversations all the time, it's. What are you doing away from the rink? What are you doing when the coaches aren't watching? Um, how do you treat your teammates? How do you treat the people at the rink? Do you say thank you? Do you, you know, give the Zamboni driver who's working so hard a high five? And that stuff matters, you know? And so the other thing for me is to, I think it's really critical to learn from all of your experiences as you go and not miss that and then look back and say, oh, I should have done this. But it's it's trying to be present in what you're going through and then learning along the way. And where I feel very fortunate is um, when I have conversations with players now in my job, whether it's, you know, making a trade or sending a player uh, to the minors or any type of conversations, I'm just myself. I'm very honest. But oftentimes I've been on the other side. You know, I was traded uh, four times, I think I was sent to the minors multiple times. I had been put on waivers. Um, I'd been picked in the expansion draft. You know, I mean, these different things um, that you go through, you learn and then you learn what it feels like when you're being told a certain thing. And then players just want the truth. You know, it's it's just being honest. And it's so I've really just tried to take what I've learned, my personality, be myself um, and do it in the most honest way in this job. And, um, you know, that's it's the only way. I know how to do it, right? Just being yourself and, but learning from those past experiences is extremely helpful for me now. Take a short break from the interview here with Kevin Adams to just talk a little bit about high performance and being the best player you can be. You've already heard in this episode about character, about the intangibles required to be your best, about what type of things you need to own as a player to step forward and to own your potential and to get recognized by somebody like Kevin. That is exactly what I do and that is exactly what I help players with. I help players develop the mindset skills that lets them get noticed, that allows them to take advantage of all the talent that has been given to them. It is not a secret science, everybody. But a lot of people don't understand how to do it. And a lot of people don't understand the support that is required to make that happen. So if you want to check out upmyhockey.com, I have created a four-week course called the Peak Potential Hockey Project that unveils 
a lot of the things, ironically, that Kevin and I are talking about, how to build your own personal culture, how to build your own personal brand, how to increase your development, how to 10x your development and take advantage um, of the competition, how to develop the mindset skills required, the growth mindset skills required to understand that you can get better every day and how to get better every day, and also complete ownership. How to have extreme accountability to your situation, to your goals, and to your dreams. It is everything that I wish I would have had as a player. And now we talk about experience. And Kevin talks about experience. I talked about my experience. Experience is worth a lot of money. <laughs> and I am taking all the stuff that I learned as a player, all the stuff that I wish I knew, and I'm putting it into four weeks for hockey players everywhere to help them become the best hockey player that they can be and to help them make their dreams come true. It also includes coaching from me. So uh, if you are interested, it's at upmyhockey.com. It's the Peak Potential Hockey Project. Uh, there's nothing else like it on the market. Uh, it is the best option on the market. If you've ever thought about exploring mindset as a player, or if you've ever thought about exploring it for your player and you're a parent, this is for you. Um, I love everything that Kevin's talking about here. Uh, and we need to get back to that episode because he gets into a lot more good stuff. Um, upmyhockey.com for all your mindset needs as a hockey player. Cheers. I agree. I agree. Because unless you've been there, um, and I've talked about it on this podcast before. I mean, I've been traded twice. Uh, both were very similar experiences. Uh, just in the fact of like there wasn't much humanity involved in it. You know, it was it was like hockey chess piece moving. You know, and like you show up and put your jersey on and, you know, and, and I think it sounds like from your experience, like you're when you part, start putting the person first, you know, and the player kind of second, like that, that builds trust, that builds respect, you know, that builds allegiance, you know what yeah. I mean? I think too. And um, when it comes to culture, which, which is a buzzword, you know, in, in the industry these days, I think, I think that is, is a, is a really good first step into building that culture. Um is that maybe something you want to touch on? I've, yeah. I've I've heard you talk about here in the last six months. I've been I've been following you that you want to you want to change that culture there. What, what does culture mean to you? Because I think it's a buzzword that means different things to different people. And uh, and how are you going to go about doing that? Yeah, I think you know to to sum it up succinctly is is difficult because it's so so big and it's such a big word. But the reality is, to me, culture is is consistency every day, doing the right things and treating people the right way and. You know, one thing for me in this job is I, I really do um, always try to think about the person first. You know, we're all in, in an intense environment and this is a very, very, I mean, this is, these athletes are tip of the spear. I mean, this is, this is high level um, and it's competitive and there's a lot on the line, but every, everybody has personalities and their people. And if you treat people the right way, that goes a long way. So you start with that and then you, then the next part is being yourself every day. Um, being in the moment and having doing the right things, having the hard conversations, um, even when things aren't easy, you have to be willing to do it and to do what's right. And as you and as you start to do that day in and day out, you know, every just continues to build. And then building. Uh, this is all about people. You know, I don't. I, for me, no matter what business you're in, and it could be sports, it could be any, you name it. It's about the people. So as you surround yourself with with amazing, quality, driven, hardworking people, people that are buying into something bigger than themselves, they want to be part of something special. Um, it starts to grow. And then now you talk about the players. Okay, players. How are we drafting? Um, what is what are we looking for? Um, what are the characteristics besides just what they do on the ice? And I guess when I've been speaking over the last number of months, as you mentioned, 
this is all of what we're looking to do here and surround and put in our locker room and put on the ice. And, you know, I continuously talk in, in the Buffalo media about we have to have a team that truly connects with the fan base and in their hat. It just has to be like that where a fan can look down and one of the players and player can look up on the stand and see a fan. And there, there's something there. There's a connection. They're proud to wear that Jersey. And when you do all that, uh, I think it'd be really powerful. So to me, it's a, that's, that's culture. And then you live it, you know, and you do it every day. And I'm excited about that. No, I think uh, I, I love that you talk about that because one, obviously you're the, the GM of the Sabres. And I, you know, I, I want, I want your fan base to be able to hear from you about, about the Sabres and what you're trying to bring there. And that's super important. But for my audience, that's traditionally listening to me. Like I'm always talking about those, those human intangibles, those person intangibles, like, and what they mean to the player, right? Because I'm talking to the player about how to get to where you want to go and also how to be your best. And I think a high performance trait skills are those human skills, like character, showing up on time, treating people right, being a good teammate. Like, I don't think it's really understood how powerful that is when someone like you that makes decisions and even dollars and cents decisions, right? Who do you want in the locker room? Because we already talked about, okay, there's differentiations on the ice, of course, and you're, you're in the, you're in the results week. You need to get results, right? You need to have players to get results, but you can amplify your own skill set and you can amplify the skill sets of others with the right human characteristics, right? Yeah, and I think as you as you you touched on it, when you're talking with working with younger players, it, it, the more I always say it in a sense of the more doors you can open for yourself, um, the better you're going to be. Really, if you just want to boil it down. So as you're if you're a younger player and you're you're listening to this you know podcast, like work on your game. You know you have to become really high end in terms of what do you bring to the table that's going to help team win and all that is really important but that's only one piece so then it's what else are you doing how do you treat people what are you like in the locker room are you, you know are you going to do the extra work before or after practice do you take care of everybody do you live the life the right way so all of, if you check all of those boxes more doors start opening more doors start opening and you know then then it's real because the hockey world is small you know, and, and people, you know, we ask questions and we're all connected in some ways. And so for younger players being and be true to yourself, you know, you're allowed to have personality too. this should be fun, you know, like, so enjoy it, be it yourself, have fun, but, but really make sure that you're not just working on your, your stick handling, you're working on all the parts of your, your game and your life. Cause it will go a long way. Yeah, no, I love that. And you mentioned doors opening. And the other thing I say to players is as much as it opens doors, it also doesn't close any. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you can get your door a door closed just from one, you know, one misstep, you know, one, one, because it's so, it's so tight at the top, wherever you want to get, even that D1 scholarship or that junior team or whatever, right? Like there's people that want those jobs and, um, you know, you have to make sure that you're, you're, you're carrying yourself as a brand. And when it comes to the NHL, obviously you're carrying the brand of the association, the organization as well, but you yourself are, are an individual business and you have to watch out what's going on with that too. Um, I know, I, I don't, I definitely don't want to get into what's happening there with 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 Jack and everything else but I do think it's important to talk about leadership and what that looks like and what you look for in that in that role and in that locker room who 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 was an example of that for you growing I mean in your NHL career and and what do you want that to be in your locker room right now for the Sabres yeah so you know leadership is uh, it, you know it's interesting because 
everybody kind of uh, has their own take or what's most important, you know, and I go back to you learn along the way. And I, I was one of those people who I, I did try to learn from every single conversation I had when I was playing every single person in the locker room. I was always, oh, I, I like the way they said that. All right. This is interesting to me. Um, and I continue to do that for me. Every day you have to get better. Every day you're going to learn. It doesn't matter if I'm talking to another GM, a head coach, or uh, my son's youth hockey head coach. Like I'm going to pick his brain and try to learn something. So to me, a characteristic or a quality of, of leadership is curiosity. Do they, do they think they know everything or do they want to learn and they want to feel like, how do you get better? So that's, that's one piece. And, I'll, you know, from my career, I can tell you the, the person that I learned the most from hands down and made the biggest impact on me was Rod Brindamore. Um, in Carolina. I mean, he's a very close friend still to this day, but more, more, he was just so um, driven to be his best. And he was so good at just blocking out the noise. Nothing, you just come to the rink, focus, do the work, go home. You know, that was kind of just like, he simplified things. And, you know, and I, and I look, I looked at, so at 18 years old, Eric Stahl comes into our locker room in Carolina and he sits between Ron Francis and Rod Brindamore. And then, you know, like what an unbelievable, you know, so all these years later, you know, Eric was on our team last year and, you know, we would talk about it, you know, and he learned so much from them and then he brought that. So I guess it all kind of wraps up into what's the, what's the type of leader that you want in your locker room? You want people that, um, first of all, take care of themselves. Um, second of all, have, have the ability to hold people accountable in the right way. You know, because it's really you've been on these teams where guys are going to say something or are going to try to get on a teammate. But if they're not taking care of them themselves and doing things the right way themselves, it doesn't really work. So you need to have that blend of, of people. Um, and then it can't be forced. You know, I, I do think whether someone has a C or an A on their jersey and they try to act different or they try to be something they're not doesn't work. So you have to just some of those people. Um, that, that we're looking here in our, you know, young core have shown some of the attributes and need to be, to be in a leadership area. And that's just being authentic and it's doing things the right way and holding themselves to a high standard. Cause if you do that, then people will follow. So, um, you know, that's really, that's, that's leadership to me, I guess, the way I would sum it up. So I want to take a short break to remind you that upmyhockey.com not only serves individual players, but it also serves teams and associations. If you want to have a secret weapon for your team to get that 5, 10, 15% extra without having more practice time, without having more time in the gym, then this is for you. Mindset training is amazing team builder. It is an amazing way to give players a new perspective, a collective new perspective on how to raise standards, how to use mental agility as a tool on the ice, how to find your peak performance state and get back to it consistently and quickly, how to improve your practice time and your practice level and your practice intensity. Um, it is a massively invaluable tool for your team. That's at upmyhockey.com. Uh, the training comes with me, from me, an NHL pro, uh, someone who didn't extract everything he needed from his potential and had the thousand game career that he wanted, which is why it makes me the perfect spokesperson for the value of doing it, of unleashing that potential within you and unleashing that potential within your teams. So at myhockey.com uh, for your needs of higher performance. And now back to the interview with Kevin Adams. Yeah. I like that you summed that up just even with the high standard. And I was going to allude to that uh, myself because standards 
personal standards are completely one thing, right? Then you need to have individuals in your locker room that have high per personal standards collectively, because then that will also elevate the standards of the team. Um, what is tricky, and you got you already mentioned it, well, you and I have both played on teams that haven't been successful. So having standards without the success is tricky sometimes, right? To be consistent and to keep holding, towing the line. Um, after after a disappointing season, I know you guys are looking more for, for more this year. How do we how do you create those standards within the Sabers that you know the expectations become different, right? There's a yeah. different expectation on how how it's going to go. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's you said earlier. It's obviously this business is about results, and you know, it's the wins and losses when you, at the end of the day is is what it's about. But you also have to look at the process. So for me. Uh, I'm extremely process you know, oriented in terms of like, how do we do things every day and what's our process to have success? And I really believe if we set up the right culture that we've already talked about, we set up the right standards and the process for how we do things. And, and when I say process of doing things, I mean, not just, you know, from our coaching staff and the way we're going to play, but I, I mean, in the front office, like how do we make decisions? What's our process we go through? And because you, you're not going to always get it right. You're not going to always... Uh, make the right decision. Um, players are going to make mistakes. You're going to lose hockey games. But if you truly have the right process in place for how we do things as an organization, uh, how we make decisions, how we play, then you will you will more times than not have success. And I really do believe in this game. Um, you you get what you deserve most of the time. So if you do things the right way, you play the game the right way. The results will come. So we're in a situation here where we do. We have a lot of young players. We're, we're, we're putting together a group of, of, of young players that we're looking to move forward with. And there's, you know, how hard it is in this league, um, you know, when you haven't had as much experience. So we're kind of blending all of that together. Um, but as we identify the young core people that we know truly want to be here in Buffalo, I, I'm, I think it's really powerful. And I'm excited about that. You mentioned earlier about the the ability of the players to connect with the fans, and I think there's there's an identity to a team that some sometimes needs to match the fabric of whatever that city is. Um, I don't know if that's the case in Buffalo. I, I can't say I've, I've I've been entrenched in within that organization, but I but I heard it's like a it's more of a blue collar type a town, and it's it's a hard working town. Is that something that you try and model your team after, so that so the fans there can relate to those guys that are going out on the ice every night? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's you nailed it. You know, it's really about um, just being honest with with the work that you put in. And then, you know, and I've talked to the team about this a little bit where um, if, if it wasn't good enough, then own it. You know, have a have an accountability to yourself that we need to be better. I need to be better. Um, and that resonates with with our fans in Buffalo because, you know, they they're they're unbelievable fans and they're so passionate and they know the game. I mean, it's ingrained in the culture and, you know, and I, and I'm from Buffalo originally. So, you know, I have a, I probably have a little bit of a head start on other people that have been in this job just because I just, I know the way the Western New York community works. So yeah, it's about honesty, effort, doing things the right way. And then fans see that. And then for me, um, I just don't want to have a culture of, of excuses or, you know, that's to mean you just don't want to live in that area. You just want to you just be your best. And then when it, if it doesn't work out, you just, well, hey, I put everything on the line. Um, I felt good about the way I played and it didn't work out or I need to be better. It wasn't good enough. I'm going to be better the next day and then back it up. You know, right. so yeah. um, but I think that's I think that kind of goes back to what we've talked about the whole time. It's it's building a organization of people that you know are doing things the right way for the right reasons and you know are buying into something bigger and then you put that process in place that we talked about 
Um, and then, then you just, you know, you hope that snowball keeps picking up and going downhill and that's, that's the goal here. Right. It's a, it's a time of year where everyone's making predictions and who's going to do what and what's going to happen. And, um, you I mean, you've, you've spoken about, you know, your DNA is process, you know, and, and, but you also did recognize you're in a results league. Uh, is, is there a result? Is there a number in your head that you don't, you I mean, you can share with me or you're not, but like, is that something that you guys shoot for? Like we, we're striving for an 80 point season or a 90 point season, or, you know, obviously the goal is to win the Stanley cup for every team that's in the NHL. And I'm, I wouldn't disparage you guys for saying that that would be your goal, but like, how does that work in the, in the back office mind? Like what's a successful year for Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres this year? Yeah. So I think it's really, you got to be really careful of that um, in terms of, how you look at the big picture. I think, I think shrinking it down and almost going, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month, then you get to the end goal. But for me, um, and I, and I'm not dodging the question, honestly, because what I, I am really measuring right now is are we better? Are individuals better? Is a team better than we were previously? So does that mean, are we, when I look at, you know, the start of training camp, are we better right now? Have we improved in ways? And when we get in November, okay, where are we? But are we better than we were? And sometimes that's not, it's hard from a tangible, you know, to exactly say, but I did feel that was, you know, really thought Donnie Granato did a good job when he took over last year because I could see individuals getting better. I could see the way our team structure was better. So, um, so I'm judging it more right now on that. Are we improving? Are we putting individuals in a position to get better, to succeed? Cause then, you know, collectively as a group, we will, and we're, we know we have to add to this group. We know we have to add, you know, there's other players that we've drafted that aren't even here yet and that are coming. So that's, you know, that's all part of this as well. Uh, well, that was probably one of the most important decisions you had there early on in your tenure was who was going to lead the team from a, from a behind the bench standpoint. Um, was was that one of your biggest choices um and was it a difficult choice uh you, you seem to be uh, impressed with with donnie right off the bat uh was he your go-to from the get-go i just i love the way donnie um thinks about the game i love his style he's attack he's puck pressure pursuit i mean all the way i think that's just the way the game is trending right now and then the players have fun playing that way too so that that's important I did go through a long interview process with a lot of different people. Uh, I, I talked to coaches with tons of different backgrounds from, you know, former NHL guys to junior and college, just because I wanted to learn. And I just always kind of came back to, I just felt like Donnie was the right fit for where we are. Uh, I really enjoy working with Donnie. I learned from Donnie a lot as well. And we have a good working relationship, um, bouncing ideas off each other. So um, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about the uh, staff he's put together. I'm really excited about Seth Appert, our American League coach in Rochester, and the staff with Mike Weber and Michael Pecka that he's put together. So we have we have a good you know we have a good group, um, and they're all working well together. So it's you know it's fun. It's a fun process to go through. Okay, I definitely want to respect your time, and I know you got a game to get to. So thanks so much for doing that. So this, I'll just end with uh, I mean it is training camp time. Um, everyone's obviously optimistic this time of year, which is what, something that I love. I, I remember that. I mean, even the players, right? There, there's optimism on the player side of, am I going to make the team and where's this going to go? And what are we going to look like? Who are you excited about right now that maybe we don't know about, or, or you think that is making a move that came to camp looking different than maybe you expected. And, and who's some eyes that we should have on right now? Yeah. Some of our young players to me that have really come into camp, starting a rookie camp and have stood out of guys, um, Samuelson, you know, he's out right now week to week, but he, he had, he's just looked really strong through rookie camp. Um, guys like uh, Quinn and Paterka and Roots Align and these younger players that are kind of on the cusp. What I, what I love is that they're great kids. They're, they're working. You can see them getting better. 
you know, right before your eyes, you can see him getting better. And that to me, those are, those are the guys, you know, however our roster shakes out, you know, we'll see, but those are guys that uh, I'm, I'm excited about in the future for sure. Awesome. My last question here, which I wrote on the notes, was the advice to young players. If you want to get noticed, it's tryout season for you guys. It's been tryout season sometimes in the youth areas. A lot of junior teams are doing it right now. How does someone get noticed in the eyes of a GM um, on a nightly basis to, to maybe get that little push they need to make the team? Yeah, For me, the number one biggest trait is competitiveness uh, and consistency within shift to shift. You know, I think young young players, they all everybody wants to score, and that's great, and goals and all that stuff. That's, that's great. But if you're a forward, how competitive are you? And are you going to take the puck to the net? Um, if you're a D, are you competing every shift? Do you make a good first pass? I mean, these are the things that, that to me, these players all skate well now. So I would say um, that competitiveness and that will, like will to succeed, it stands out. You know, you do see that. And we look for that as we, as we draft guys. And um, so, yeah, well, good luck with all your stuff. And, I, and I'm happy to, for you and your success. And it's nice to catch up. Yeah, no, I mean, thanks so much for your time. And I mean, I, I'm glad we ended on that note because that's one thing I remembered of you, a partner as a as a teammate, is that, um, you know, you weren't a guy that dropped your gloves very often, but you were a guy that competed for every puck, every time, every place it was on the ice, whether it was a face-off, whether it was in front of the net or in our own zone. And, um, you know, that served you well. And I think that trait, once it becomes part of the Buffalo Sabres DNA as well, is going to serve you guys very well there. And thank you for to say that to all the young players, because that's exactly yeah. the number one thing I say too, is compete. And in this day and age, when a lot of guys don't, and a lot of guys aren't used to playing physical, that competitiveness stands out like a sore thumb in my yeah. opinion. So Absolutely. Um, awesome job ads. We'll have to do this again sometime. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really great seeing you again and best of luck with the Sabres this year. All right. Thanks bud. Take care. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin and I. And Kevin, if you are listening, massively grateful for your time, massively grateful for your insight and for all the nuggets that you gave these athletes out there today and their parents to understand how to make a difference in their own careers and how to really take control of their destiny. Uh, so much good stuff there. And I know your, your, uh, your Sabres are going to be building every step of the way and with your process-oriented philosophy, as long as you do get better every day, that's all you can ask for. Wherever the results fall, the results fall. Um, when it comes to my gratitude, it also falls on you guys as the listeners. If you enjoyed this, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, give it a thumbs up, give it a comment, give it a subscribe. I really appreciate everyone who's behind the podcast. I really appreciate everyone who has supported me through this. And I really appreciate those of you who go out and review the show. Those of you who will subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. So the episode downloads automatically. For those of you who've gone to iTunes and have given me the review or have reached out to me personally, uh, it all helps so much and it all means so much because it does take quite a bit to put this podcast on. And as long as I know that the, the show is growing, as long as I know that it's making a difference for people, uh, I am happy to do it. So uh, help me help you. Uh, keep giving me those reviews. Keep subscribing. Keep giving me the thumbs up and, and, and uh, engaging in the comments. And I'll keep doing the best I can to supply amazing guests uh, with amazing insights that are going to help you on your way in whatever hockey journey that may be. So as always, play hard and keep your head up.